What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, here we go. It is a rivalry week edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports. Mr. Brad Thomas, I know you are ready to go for our final uh, regular season Saturday of the year. Oh yeah, it's it's something that I'm so excited for. Both of us look forward to this almost as almost as much as we look forward to conference championship weekend. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see your guys have a top ten game, and we 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 don't. We have a 19 point spread on our side, but uh, let's go ahead and get into our college football playoff top ten. Yes, sir. The committee really shook up the rankings. Uh, I've got to say, I mean, we've kind of been talking about this throughout the season, but we really haven't seen this much movement in the college football playoff rankings, maybe ever. This late in the season where so many teams still have a chance at this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. Even right now going into the final, um, you know, regular season Saturday of the weekend. Now we've got some matchups where a couple of teams are going to get eliminated. And then we're still going to have most likely still going to have a, a, just a jumble uh, for conference championship weekend. Um, I will go ahead and start with my 10 through 7. Uh, you know, I, I have most of the same teams in my top 10. I've got Oregon at 10, Michigan State at 9. They both had just absolutely horrible losses this past weekend to eliminate them from college football playoff contention pretty much with two losses. Uh, but Oregon still got the win over Ohio State, and Michigan still got the win over Michigan. That's still weighing heavily in my mind. They're not finishing strong, uh, but overall, I just think their resume still warrants a top 10 spot. At number eight, I've got Notre Dame. The committee really putting Notre Dame in a position where if they finish this thing 11-1, and then sit with a bye week in conference championship. That's probably all they have to do yeah. uh, to make the playoff when you really think about it. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But I got Notre Dame still down at number eight. And then I've got Cincinnati uh, up there at number seven. Uh, I still don't have them in my first two out or in my top four. Cincinnati, I'm worried about them. I mean – the committee ranked Houston number 24, trying to give Cincinnati a top 25 win when they play that American championship game. I still don't know if it's going to be enough when all is said and done, but it'll be interesting to how it shakes out, uh, to see how it shakes out. Uh, so who do you got in your 10 through 7? My 10 through 7, uh, number 10, I have Oregon. Um, it was a it was a tough one for me between Ole Miss and Oregon, who was going to get that spot there. But there's just been times when Ole Miss has looked bad in their losses, and then Oregon lost to a good Utah team and has that win over Ohio State, as you mentioned before. Number nine, I have Oklahoma. Uh, then I have Baylor at number eight, obviously, for obvious reasons. That head-to-head means a lot to me there. And then I have Oklahoma State at number seven. Got it. All right, yeah, we got Bedlam uh, this weekend, Oklahoma and yes. Oklahoma State. Big win, that uh, big game that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, let me go ahead and get into my top four. I followed suit with the committee. I felt good enough to do it, so I went ahead and did it. I got Georgia at number one. I've got Ohio State up at number two. I've got Alabama at number three. But let me just say very clearly, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are the three best teams in the country. Uh, I've got Michigan up at number four. So in my eyes, Ohio State and Michigan is and should be, in my opinion, a top four matchup. I think that Michigan uh, passes the eye test and they have the resume playing in the Big Ten East with only that one loss to Michigan State on the road. On the road, I yeah. That, I think that they should be ranked ahead of Cincinnati, but I digress about that. I, I've, I've talked about it too much. Uh, and then I've got my first two out. Pretty simple. I've got Oklahoma State at number five and Oklahoma at number six. And I think that the winner of that game sets themselves up for a chance to make the college football playoff. If you win that game and then win the Big 12 championship, I think there's just no doubt that that Big 12 champ, that one lost Big 12 champion, 
should get in over a Cincinnati. So those are my first two out. Um, our top four is exactly the same. I have Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, and I've gone on Twitter and, and even mentioned that it's hard not to have Ohio State at number two. You just want to see how they're dismantling teams now. Alabama at number three, and I'm not knocking Alabama down. It's more of I'm moving Ohio State up. Yeah. Um, and number four, I have Michigan. And, man, call me what you want, but it's going to take a lot for me to put Cincinnati in my top four. Uh, maybe if they go out and beat Houston by 40 points, maybe I might consider it. Uh, my first two out, Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Yeah, so I'll be curious to see what you do with your rankings after this weekend. It's definitely going to be a shakeup to, to kind of see where you rank things because Ohio State or Michigan has to lose. Yeah. Uh, so, so at that point, what do you do? You know, your your hand might be played. Uh, yeah, it's going to suck. But, but then for conference championship weekend, that changes everything. Yeah. Uh, because then all of a sudden, you know, you've you've got those one loss power five champions. I can't wait to see what the committee does, man. I, uh, as I as I said before, I really think, and we knew this was going to be the most wide open college football season we've seen in a long time. But yep. funny how it still ends up being Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama at the top uh, yep. as the best teams. But I just want to say, and this will be a lead in here. Let's just go ahead and get into it. College game day, number two, Ohio State, number five, Michigan. Always a noon kickoff for the game. And the stakes have never been higher. The stakes have not been this since 2016. But even back in 2016, it was not clear cut because Ohio State wins that game and they don't even make the Big Ten championship. Uh, This is for the winner of the Big Ten East outright, a trip to Indianapolis, a possible spot in the college football playoff. It does not get any bigger than this. Um, So here we go. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to go ahead with my keys to the game here because there is no way in hell that I am picking against Ohio State in the game. And I will just be clear. I am 0-3 against the spread picking Ohio State games this year. Oregon and Penn State, I picked the big spread, didn't cover. You and I both went with Michigan State last week, but let's be real. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, it was it was the most complete Ohio State performance that I may, maybe I have ever seen considering it was a top 10 matchup. Uh, so late in the season, just an insane performance by Ohio State. So now it comes down to how does Michigan cover this eight-point spread? Because I do think that Michigan can keep this a one-score game throughout, and it will take a little bit of a run by Ohio State in the fourth quarter to break it open. But here's what I'm looking at. Ohio State has been starting fast, and they've been starting so fast in these games since week four that teams have no chance by the end of the first quarter. I'm sitting here watching these Ohio State games, and we're 10 minutes into the game. And I feel like I've watched three quarters already because we've scored so many touchdowns. It seems like the clock isn't moving. Uh, Since week four, they have led at the half in every game by an average of 28 points. Now, Michigan getting this game at home is going to be a huge factor because if they can use the crowd to their advantage and control this game with their rushing attack and keep C.J. Stroud off the field, then you can stay within this eight-point spread. But my man, Cade McNamara, who's been looking pretty good, had a great game last week against Maryland. But I just don't think he's got what it takes to make the throws in a game like this, especially when he's going uh, going up against the leading candidate for the Heisman in C.J. Stroud, who is just picking apart defenses. Now, this is possibly – I actually want to get your opinion. I think this is the best defense Ohio State's played all year. Yeah, on my notes, it's – on my notes, it's going to say the best defense that Ohio, Ohio State has played. And But I have one thing, one very important note that I wrote down before I even started breaking down this game. 
CJ Stroud equals baller. I don't think that Michigan will have the offensive firepower to make this a track meet because you know Ohio State is going to be out there running and gunning with CJ Stroud. I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you, I, I predicted this to be like a, a nine and a half point win for Ohio State, if that's where I put my margin of victory at. And that's inside the the eight number. You, it, The hardest part about handicapping is we all get so so consumed by trends where, you know, I could have, I could tell you a million trends that make Michigan the, the bet that you have to make. Uh, what? This is the 11th time that the teams have been, that this match has been a top five matchup. Michigan is three, one and one at home in those games, Michigan in their last seven games, six and one against the spread. The underdog in this game is what five and two against the spread in the last seven. Those are important, you know, and I think that's more important when they're actually setting the line than how the game will actually play out. We are know the Bay House is going to be bumping, but you have to look at what we're seeing from Ohio State, and it's one of the most scary offenses. And last week, the defense showed up too. And if they could continue to keep putting that together, they're going to cruise right into the college football uh, playoffs, cruise right into the championship, because until you can give C.J. Stroud some adversity, like even, even in that Purdue game, he hadn't had any adversity in that game. He was balling throughout. It's going to be hard for an offense like Michigan's. Now, if if Michigan had a complementary offense to their defense, I think it would be a little bit closer, but I still have this at a nine-and-a-half-point uh, victory um, as the Arjun Martin victory, so I'm going to have to go Ohio State. And and if I'm wrong, I, I can you guys can DM me and tell me how much I suck, but I have to go with what's on paper. And, 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 and paper is telling me that this is a, a nine, ten-point victory by Ohio State. Yeah, and you know, I, I give hats off to Jim Harbaugh for finally listening to What's the Spread uh, when we've been talking about him for years and getting back to Harbaugh football. And, yeah. and, and, and I respect him for doing that because I said that's what it was going to take to get this program back on track. But at the end of the day, to me, getting the Michigan program back on track was doing exactly what they're doing, 10 win seasons. Yeah. I think that's the ceiling right now for this Michigan program. I do not think this is the time. The Jim Harbaugh beats Ohio State. I mean, if you if you've been just watching Ohio State's offense, even with a great defense from Michigan, I mean, they've got to find a way to to hold this Ohio State offense to thirty points. Yeah. I mean, if, if they're going to win this game, if Ohio State gets into the, gets into the forties, it's over. Uh, so for Ohio State, what it's going to come down to is it's going to come down to the red zone play, which not in the last two weeks, but throughout the season, at times the red zone play for Ohio State has been an issue. They're going to have to convert on third and short. They're going to have to move those chains. I am afraid of the crowd because I, I think it's going to make a huge difference yeah. in this football game. I mean, there's just a big difference when you've got an Ohio State-Michigan game. And I don't remember the last time that Michigan had a home Ohio State-Michigan game where they had a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a big deal for them. And this Michigan team, they had a really impressive performance last week too. Now, it was against Maryland, but you and I have been saying for weeks, Michigan has been looking the part. They've been looking the part of a top 14. Yeah, listen, this is going to tell you a lot, everything you need to know. Ohio State's team total is set at 37 and a half, where Michigan's is set at 25 and a half. Why, why would a bookmaker make Michigan uh, team total 10 points lower than Ohio State's? The bookmakers, everything you need to know is, is inside the line. Sometimes we just have to dig a little deeper. And, and I probably will back that Ohio State team total as much as I really don't want to. I think that they're going to, you know, I don't like backing big team totals on the road, but I, I think that this is going to be a, a very high scoring game from Ohio State. I, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like it's the overs like five or five and zero oh or six and zero oh in the last like six meetings between the two teams. 
we score points against each other. There are no longer yeah. defensive battles in, in this matchup. And as you said, especially if that happens again, Michigan can't keep up on a track. No. They're, they're going to have to find a way to, to, to limit possessions and force some turnovers. But one more thing I'll say about Ohio State, too, is that, you know, I, I, I mentioned this in the preseason. And early on, it wasn't looking great. But this Ohio State team right now is looking even more of the part than what I thought that I was going to see. And what I said about Ohio State when I picked them to win the national championship, I said they had the formula of recent college football champions because you win national championships not just with offense, but you do it with an elite receiving core and a receiver or a quarterback who knows how to find those receivers. We saw it with Alabama in 2020. We saw it with LSU in 2019. That's what it takes to run yes. college football right now. And the fact that Ohio State is finding their stride so late in the season, everybody else should be very worried about this offense. Especially I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sad because I have so many friends that, you know, live in Ann Arbor and live in Metro Detroit. And I'm just like, sorry, guys, I'm picking against you. Whatever. You're my boy, too. So at least every, not everyone could be happy. The next game we're going to talk about is a game I'm always excited about. Number three, Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Auburn. 19 and a half point spread. So I was at dinner and uh, one of my friends, you know, she's an Auburn girl. Her whole family is Auburn every year since I can remember. Uh, we've, I've sent her some hate mail. Some, I mean, I don't care if it was my space to Facebook. She goes, Brad, you haven't sent one piece of hate mail all week. And I was like, well, I'm going to save one. I'm only going to send one because you guys are down in the dumps. You guys lost Bo Nix. Now you're dealing with TJ Finley and, and against an Alabama team that has an opportunity to run you guys out of the building at your home stadium. However, I'm backing Auburn plus 19 and a half. I backed Arkansas last week, and it was a couple things that 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 brought me to Arkansas that are very similar to what's going to bring me to Auburn. TJ Finley is going to be able to do just enough to keep this into that 14-point range. Alabama one four, one and four against the spread versus a team with the wing on the road versus a team with the winning record. If anybody watched that Arkansas game, it reminded me a lot of Florida, where the defense was just kind of like coasting. You know, they were like the offense has this game in hand, and Arkansas was able to keep close. I think that can happen with Auburn and and anybody who knows the Iron Bowl, the home team always covers the spread. Doesn't matter if they win or lose. And now you're giving me twenty points, just about twenty points. I, I'm going to have to back it. I don't care if Bryce Young throws for 600 yards again and our receivers combine for 300 again. I still am going to go with, with with the home team in this side with this many points. And it's no no knock on Alabama's defense. Yeah, they let up a lot of points last game, and they were okay with the, the shootout mentality. It's just when you have a game like this that we play every year, we're all too familiar with the home team racking up enough points to stay competitive. I'm going to back the 19 points. You mentioned the receivers for Alabama. Let's talk about that for a second, right? Because Bryce Young and the Alabama offense, you know, had a great performance of their own uh, last week against Arkansas. They ended up giving up 35 points. It was, but as you said, the game was never, yeah, in reach for Arkansas. It, it, it just, it was just one of those games. It just, it, it just never felt that way. Um, you and I both took Arkansas last week, got the cover. I don't feel great about picking against Alabama two weeks in a row. Uh, so I'm going to go with Alabama here, minus 19 and a half, even though that one trend you tell me scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Home team's always covering the iron ball. And, and and this is a big spread. But if Auburn had Bo Nix, I would take the plus 19 and a half in a second. It, it, it's just the problem is when you lose a guy like Bo Nix, who has been the heart of your program for three years, 
and was the only reason that they were even having a decent season because he was actually coming on pretty well in his development. I just think it's too much of a dagger to them. Um, they'll they'll be up for this game, but yeah. with with the way that and again, let, let me come back to my point. Bryce Young and the receivers. What happens when Georgia finally runs into a good offense? I cannot wait to see this in the SEC championship. Yeah. Already looking ahead to next week with Georgia and Alabama. What happens when Georgia finally runs into an offense like Alabama or Ohio State? Uh, because I just think it would just prove my point even more of that offense beats defense. Yeah. Uh, e- even with how good Georgia's defense has been, they just haven't seen an offense like Bryce Young and company, like C.J. Stroud, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. It, o- offenses that can beat you in so many different ways. Now, Georgia has been the overwhelming number one team all year. But let's see if these offenses can change that. Um, I'm I'm going Alabama here at minus 19. The line did open at 17 and a half. It's all the way up. Uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of line movements today, especially over in the uh, in the NFL, because I always pay attention to that. Um, but even on the road here, I don't want to pick against Alabama. It's tough. Weeks, so I'll go with the Tide here to win by 21. Let me just go ahead and, and put this numbers out there. For anybody who wondering, I'm not as big of a public betting tracker, um, in college football as I am in um, NFL, but just because I know there's going to be people who are wondering, I had it written down. One second. Let me just pull it up. <clears throat> Game's at 3.30. Sorry for holding everyone up. I want to talk about this number because when you see uh, line movement like that, it's got to make you kind of wonder. The public is actually on Auburn uh, 51% of the action, okay. right? Which yeah. – scares the living crap out of me that I remember was going to talk about this 51% of the bets um, are on Auburn, but why is the line two and a half points bigger? So it's something that's kind of scary. Yeah, that tells us that Vegas moved the line themselves, which is yeah. odd that, that they, they would open it and then move it themselves. I yeah. Mean, some sharp action probably going on yeah. Alabama. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go ahead and get into the next one. Uh, top 10 matchup here. It's Bedlam. We knew this was going to be a big one in the Big 12. Uh, number 10, Oklahoma, at number 7, Oklahoma State. Man. Oklahoma State right now sitting at four-and-a-half-point favorites for a 7:30 game. I'll go ahead and start here. I'm taking the Cowboys to win this game and make it to the Big 12 championship, and they might even be good enough to win that game um, and make a real case for the college football playoff. Because we talk about defense, yes. right? and we talk about Georgia's defense and Wisconsin's defense. What about what Oklahoma State is doing right now? Three of the last four games they've held their Big 12 opponents to three points or less. Oklahoma State has covered nine straight football games. This is overwhelmingly the toughest spread that they're going to face in that span, facing a uh, rival in Oklahoma that has their number. But this is what I'm seeing right now, and it's Caleb Williams, who in the last couple weeks I just haven't seen enough. He finds yeah. a way to get the win last week against Iowa State. You and I both took Oklahoma in that game in our best bet of the week, and it worked out. Really happy about that. But Caleb Williams was 8 of 18 for 87 yards. Yeah. This is not an Oklahoma offense. Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma, they are lost right now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Spencer Rattler in this game because you can't, you can't have a game like that. Three interceptions in his last two games. If it wasn't for the 74-yard touchdown run last week, Against Iowa State, we might not yep. even be talking about this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because Oklahoma would be sitting at two losses. Uh, that that one run turned everything around. Additionally, the line opened at Oklahoma State minus one. So a lot of action here on the Cowboys. But I'm still going with Oklahoma State because of their defense. I don't see how Oklahoma State is going to score po- enough points in this game on the road. 
Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm on Oklahoma State. Um, listen, in their last four matches, they've won by an they won by an average of 35 points in the games they played. You said a lot here. Um, it, it, this is not an Oklahoma offense that I want to get behind. You know, typically when their defense is allowing 380 yards per game and 24 points per game, they're an offense that is just elite and dominant. That offense and Caleb Williams are going to have struggles against this very, very stout defense of Oklahoma State where they're only allowing 14.9 points per game. And listen, so this is one time when you want to kind of check the market. They have the second highest, most lopsided market in um, college football right now. What that means is, yeah, sure, only 60% of the betting public is um, on Oklahoma State. Twenty-three. There's a 23% change between the public and the sharp action on there, saying at 83%, meaning that this is the game that the sharps are going after a lot, which doesn't really get, win you a game, you know? But sometimes you want to be on the, the, the right side of the action, and I think that all they need is a little bit from Sanders uh, and, and, and company because their defense is going to be stout enough. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see this get ugly early because Caleb Williams has shown he's turning the ball over and this is a good defense. Eight completions against the Iowa state defense last week. Just in in, in a game like this, it's not going to get it done. Yep. All right. What's next? Next. We have number nine, Ole Miss rebels taking on Mississippi state. The bulldogs are one and a half point favorite guys. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going right back to my theory. We have a top 10 team. Who is getting points? I'm taking Mississippi State. The Mike Leach offense is finally starting to work. Listen, I I was at the Mississippi State-Alabama game, and I told you for a total of 10 minutes, I was afraid the whole time. And, you know, we're not going to have to sit here and compare the the Ole Miss defense to Alabama defense, but this this Mississippi State team, you can see, oh, boy, 5-0 against the spread in their last five. My note, my my first note I wrote down, Will Rogers has been playing like a man possessed. Last five, they've only lost one game. They've covered in all of them. And Rogers out here throwing for 500 yards, six touchdowns, and they're winning with good, fun football. I think they should have won that Arkansas game where they lost 31-28. But, I mean, they'd be a pretty good Kentucky team, 31-17. to And this is a defensive Kentucky team. They stormed back and beat Auburn, scoring something like 35 unanswered points. It just took some time for this sophomore quarterback to get acquainted with this Mike Leach system. And it's worked for him. And it's crazy that we have to face him another year because he's not even draft eligible. I, I don't have too much negative to say about Ole Miss, but let's put it this way. Last five meetings between the two teams, Ole Miss is uh, one and five against one and four against the spread. And another thing here is if we're going to go and just battle the defenses, Mississippi State actually statistically has a better defense than uh, than uh, Ole Miss, which is it'll be surprising because you think Ole Miss top ten top ten team. I'm going and backing the Bulldogs at home. Oh yeah, Mississippi State uh, definitely the hot hand here. And before I make my pick, I will say I backed Mississippi State on this podcast against Texas A&M. Yes, they got a nice little backdoor cover. Um, I backed him in that Arkansas game on my PicksWise article. I've I've had my eye on this team, and, and there's no doubt um, that what they're doing is really impressive. Will Rogers just picking up this Mike Leach, yeah, um, uh, like it's nothing. And I'm taking Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach any day of the week. I hope we get many more of these matchups. However, I am going to go with Ole Miss here, even though it is really against all the numbers and trends that you're looking at. Um, 
the, the line here opened at Ole Miss minus three, which I, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so essentially I'm taking a little bit of value there with about four and a half points. This is Matt Corral's last regular season game. Uh, his second to last game overall uh, in an Ole Miss uniform. I think that this is go- going to be an absolute shootout. I, I think yeah. it's Matt Corral, Will Rogers, 1v1, uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, 1v1. It's on Thanksgiving. I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. I don't think that the home field advantage is going to make too much of a difference for Mississippi State because there's going to be so many points scored. So I'll take Ole Miss to get like a one-point victory here. That's totally fair. I, uh, you know, I, I always think this game is always a shootout, and it's, it's always so fun to watch. So we're going to be on opposite sides. We agreed on two out of the four games. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I want to invite you to follow us on Twitter. That's for miles at miles on sports for me at Mr. Brad Thomas, follow the podcast at what's the spread underscore. If you're watching on YouTube, press the like and subscribe button. And if you guys are listening, when the episode's over, drop us a rating and review. Oh, the NFL. Oh boy. I had my first NFL. Oh, all right. Let's go ahead and get into it. We got a we got a big one here. The Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Four twenty five kickoff on Sunday. The pack. Uh, this is a pickup. Uh, take your pick. Here's where I'm going. Uh, Packers lose last week, thirty four thirty one to the Vikings. But what I wrote down here was there's nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers. He threw for three hundred eighty five yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And there's too many question marks on the Los Angeles Rams offense right now for me uh, to pick them in this game on the road, especially when I only need the Green Bay Packers to win. I'm looking for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to get a big home victory here. Again, the Rams are coming off a bye week, but they lose Robert Woods for the season. What are we doing with OBJ? Stafford doesn't look the same. They've had a couple couple tough games. Uh, But the fact that Aaron Rodgers just balled out last week and, and it really wasn't on him at the end of the day leads me to believe that he can find a way to get a win here at home. I'm going to go ahead and say this uh, since we're on this game and people who are watching, I have added Jonathan Taylor to my MVP bet half a unit at plus 2000. I think there's something eerily wrong with uh, Matthew Stafford. And I think that if Josh Allen is, as Josh Allen continues to play more and more top 10 defenses, he's going to struggle leaving the room open for Jonathan Taylor. However, let me get back to the Rams. I've, I've backed the Rams four weeks in a row miles. I've lost four weeks in a row and you know i'm going back to the rams public on the packers here i'll take i'll go fade the public for a big game like this i think that aaron Rodgers, you know he i don't even know what to call it i can't call it rust because he's he's putting up the numbers but there's just something about this packers team that hasn't been sitting right with me where i think that you look on paper you're like there's nothing really wrong with them why aren't they succeeding or blowing teams out? While well, the Rams, you can actually see what's wrong with them here. It's going to take a little while for OBJ to get inside the system, uh, but I think Van Jefferson is going to be good enough, uh, good enough to kind of make up for that issue of no Robert Woods. At a pick 'em, I'm backing the Rams off the bye week, and you're going to have an Aaron Rodgers who's going to be running for his life most of the game with this great uh, defense. We got, I got to stop calling him a great defense with this decent defense because they're not a great defense. It's the scariest bet I made, but this is the biggest lopsided action um from public to to money and i'm i'm a fool for going five times a row but if they fool me five times a row you can guarantee i'm not betting on the rest of the season all right i like it what's next (laughs) up next we have a game that has 
I've been torn on back and forth. The Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. Patriots are six and a half point favorite. I'll kick this one off. I was back and forth on this. And, you know, man, I'm going to have to do it, man. I'm going to have to lay the points with the Patriots. Listen, I, I, I don't like laying six points, you know, seven points because it's six and a half. And, and especially in the NFL. But when you just look at the body of work this Patriots team has gone through, Outside of that uh, Chargers game, they have been blowing teams out 24-6 to the Panthers, 45-7 against the Browns. They shut up the Falcons 25-0. And, you know, I'm a very big believer in defensive and offensive rate efficiency ratings more than I am total points and total score. Well, this New England Patriots team is number two in Dova, uh, Dova for defense. And both the teams are right around the, right around the middle of the pack for offense. Well, you go to the Rams teams that are ranked 12th in Dova. They struggled without um, Derrick Henry. Even in that win that, when they beat the Rams, that was their defense that didn't everything. They almost lost to the Saints, um, and then they, they lost their last game to the Texans. was was god-awful. I was kind of uh, of like mind saying that the Titans would struggle without Derrick Henry. I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. And the Patriots are the hottest team in football right now. Um, so I'm backing the Patriots, even though I'm laying six and a half, and I hate it. I got to do it, Miles. Yeah, the line here open at Patriots minus two and a half. It's all the way up to six and a half. I'm also on the New England Patriots. And when I thought about it a little bit and did some digging, this was actually a pretty easy pick for me, Brad. Um, I mean, when you when you look, and, and I do want to say this is not an overreaction to the Titans' loss last week to the Texans because, as you mentioned, they're they're coming off wins without Derrick Henry. But you look a little farther into those games, you know, what was Tannehill really doing? I mean, he throws four picks against the Texans last week. Yeah. What are the Patriots going to do to him this week? The Patriots are only allowing 169.6 passing yards per game. And the Titans don't have a running game, and they got to rely on Ryan Tannehill and also an A.J. Brown, who, who's had, what, two good games this year? Yep. There's good reason that this line is moving. The Patriots are the hottest team in football, more specifically the hottest defense in football. But hats off to Mac Jones for not for being just not making mistakes. Being yep. a, a really solid rookie quarterback and realizing and working with the pieces that he has around him. So when you really look into this game, it, it, it's hard to to say why you're going to take the Titans here. Uh, there's there's just too much on paper. Now you could say it for the value with the line opening at two and a half, but New England four and zero against the spread in their last four games as a favorite, and uh, I just think that that defense is just going to give Tannehill fits. Uh, so I got New England. <laughs> that's fair enough for me i'm glad we're on the same side with that one because yeah. i went back and forth quite a while the next game we have my tampa bay buccaneers three-point favorite traveling indianapolis colts uh i want you to kick this off because i know where i'm going and i might sound crazy but I okay gotta do it. so colts obviously looked great last week i mean there's no doubt you uh mentioned jonathan taylor uh could be an mvp just tore up the buffalo bills it was such an impressive performance buccaneers here are minus three on the road tampa bay I'm picking Tampa Bay to win this game. And with the minus three, I will all I, I feel like all I need is a win. But again, this is me not overreacting to the Colts' performance last week and more so going with what do we have in this matchup right now? First of all, we have a Tom Brady team in Tampa Bay who really needs a big win like this right now. Uh, so, so I'll back Tom Brady instead of Carson Wentz. The Tampa Bay defense is only allowing 78.4 rushing yards per game. They'll be able to slow down Jonathan Taylor just a little bit whereas other teams haven't been able to do that. But Tampa Bay, sneaky, has a really good rush defense. Yes. And here's the thing. If you can just slow Taylor down just a little bit, and then you're only dealing with Carson Wentz on third and five and third and six, then it's a win. I'm going with Tampa Bay here. I'm going to back Tom Brady. Whew. 
Glad you said that. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Uh, even though Tampa Bay is 0-6 against the spread in their last six as a road favorite. Uh, first, let me let me explain my Jonathan Taylor pick. Yeah, It's always odd to back an MVP candidate when they're about to go up against a very tough run defense. I think this is a game where Jonathan Taylor will have the ability to get 50-plus um, receiving yards with about four to four and a half catches because what teams have been doing against Tampa Bay is they've been trying to use their skilled players, if they have a skilled running back, more in the passing game because they know they, they can't run up the middle. Huge letdown spot for the Colts. You know, we, we know the Colts have been playing really good football, but for Tampa Bay, it's about getting back on track. I don't think that Carson Wentz is, is a sharp enough quarterback to handle pressure. Um, and, you know, it's going to take a lot for this Colts team to kind of slow down the pass rush of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This number one rated, uh, rated offense that they're about to go against, even though Tampa Bay has struggled at times, I think that their defense should be able to do just enough for them to get the win. I don't think it's going to be like a 20 point victory like they had. Um, and you know, we're backing a team, you know, playing on the short week. It was never a good idea, but I have to go with the Buccaneers here because like you said, I just need the win. I think they're going to win by four, maybe five points. It's going to be a weird, weird scoreline because the Bucs are going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, for me, it's just who's going to win the game. I think I, I think Tom Brady and Tampa finds a way to win a big game here, uh, especially with a hot Colts, uh, a hot Colts team. And I, I, I would expect more money to, to go on the Colts when all is said and done just because of how they looked last week. But we'll see what happens there. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up uh, with Thursday night football on Thanksgiving night. We got the Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Bills are six and a half point favorites here at the Superdome. I don't want to make a pick for this game. I'm going to throw it to you. I want to see where, where you're leaning. Listen, so I said this on bankroll blitz. The Bills have struggled against top 10 defenses uh, all season. Trevor Simeon might be the luckiest quarterback to be covering these games. And I'm going to go ahead and take that, uh, the primetime dog here get with six and a half points. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints. And there's a lot of signs that are, that are riding with the, with the Bills, but this is this was going to be an operation fade pick for me uh, with the Saints. Instead, I'm giving it out on this podcast until the Bills can figure out, and it's more Brian Dabble, like how to figure out Josh Allen to be comfortable against elite defenses. They're going to struggle. Last week they played against a top ten defense, being number ten ranked defense. Now they're going against the Saints, who's ranked like number four. So what are they going to do? You know, a defense is going to win out when you have a quarterback that struggled against good defenses. Another reason. I'm leading to the Jonathan Taylor pick because if Josh Allen loses one or two more games this season, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. And everyone on this podcast, I hope you guys remember who I picked to win the AFC East. It was the New England Patriots, and I almost ripped that ticket up, but uh, it's looking a lot better now. The Buffalo Bills, what we've seen of them, I think is real. And what I mean by that is I think there are actual concerns on this Buffalo Bills team. Um, So – the fact that this line opened at minus three and it's all the way up to minus six and a half. And you got the New Orleans Saints at home. The Saints are eight, one in one against a spread in their last 10 as a home dog. And that is absolutely because of the super. I don't care who's a quarterback yeah. because of the home crowd. I'm also going with the Saints here. I didn't want to do it because I backed the Saints last week and they looked absolutely horrible against the Eagles. Uh, they have come through for me before this year on the podcast. But it's just too much value for me here. With with the Bills already opening at minus three, and then the line going all the way up to six and a half, and you're giving me a primetime game on Thanksgiving night at the Superdome, and you're giving me the trends. Jonathan Taylor ripped up this New Orleans or uh, the Buffalo Bills defense. Yes, he did. Four yards and five touchdowns. I'm not. And listen, Kamara has been ruled out for this game, and that hurts. 
But the Saints have got to be able to – it's like you said, Trevor Simeon. I don't know what this guy is doing, but he's been finding a way to cover his press. They, as bad as they looked last week, and they lose by 11, but they they did enough in the second half where it was like, are they going to get a backdoor? Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> so really close. <laughs> They're just, and then they, they get the backdoor cover against the Titans the week before. I've gotten the Saints to cover for me against the Bucs earlier in the yeah. season. So now you're giving me this primetime game at home with six and a half points. I'll, I'll go ahead and take the Saints. Absolutely. I'm glad we're on the same sides. Man, we agreed on a lot. Was that three out of four in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we agreed on three out of four. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of What's the Spread? Be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and man, let's win some bets. I hope the Buckeyes crush. I hope Alabama crushes, and we just continue to win for the rest of the season.